going on? Greetings and good day and welcome to episode 103 of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays who are uh, in the midst of an exciting spring training campaign. Uh, they've played games, some of which uh, they won, other games they may have lost. But that, of course, is not what we care about. Uh, we care about the storyline. That's what we're here for, you and I. Uh, so remember, remember when everyone was ra- rallying against and railing against the narrative um, that's what really what spring training is all about. The stories, the comings and goings, the the origin stories of these young men who have picked their lives up, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps to play very expensive travel baseball when they're 11 years old. And now here they are, stars, great greatness among us. Uh, that's, that's what spring training is about. It's about talking out of your ass for 59 seconds. To ensure you have a strong opening to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, birds all day. Number one hundred three. <laughs> Joining me as always. Old reliable. Old reliable, Mister Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. I wasn't the one rambling for fifty nine seconds to open the podcast, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay so far. Those weren't rambles. Though that was that was purple prose. That was poetic. <laughs> yeah, easy, Rosie. Uh, I don't know. We got like 45, 50 minutes left still to. Uh, to ramble further, I'm sure we'll accomplish rambling. Uh, perhaps I'm doing it right now. We do. We are guilty of the uh, odd self-indulgent ramble, especially in the off-season when there's nothing going on. It used to be, because now you and I do this remotely, we used to do it in the same room where at uh, this time of year we were often recording the podcast and then we would find ourselves uh, watching the Montreal Canadiens we scored upon. Yes, that's right. And that was a, that was a great source of content. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, they now only now they don't game. exist. The Montreal Canadiens ceased to exist. Uh, last winter sometime, or last summer, uh, which is too bad. It was too bad. There was yeah. a moment today where they almost existed again, <laughs> when P.K. Subban was literally crying on the ice. Um, and it was uh, devastating, I think is the word I would probably use, well, as a grown man human, watching. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, if only if you're human, yeah. Yeah, yeah as, as a human, human man watching uh, sports highlights on my phone, I was surprised to the de- of the degree to which I was moved by that moment um but that's all we need to say about that uh, people don't care about that most people really don't like that hockey team there are the people who do like them and then there is everybody else who really does not like them but they do like the blue jays are they by the way are the jays playing in uh, montreal again this year they are pittsburgh pirates and blue jays uh, they're playing the pirates April, yeah. excellent mm-hmm. that's fun i i was wondering about that the other day i guess i lost track Future Blue Jay Andrew McCutcheon will be there. Future Blue Jay Andrew McCutcheon will be there. Former Pirate, uh, half the team, (laughs) it seems like. Yeah. Uh, Of course, most famous former Pirate of all, Jose Bautista. What a trade. What a trade. Uh, What else is going on in spring training? I don't know. We're already looking ahead to the games at the end. Uh, Spring training is really long. (laughs) It's true. Isn't it? Well, Uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 imagine how much worse it would be without the World Baseball Classic this year. I mean, you're sort of seeing some of the veteran guys get more work in because they're going to disappear from their teams for a bit. So we're kind of seeing, you know, Bautista's played a little bit so far uh, because he's going to be going and playing for the Dominican. So which is great. That's, I'm, I'm that's so nice, glad but it would just be it'd be wor- that much worse uh, had there not been a World Baseball Classic to follow in the middle of this uh, interminable, uh, horrible, you know. It's still super. 
basically. It's still so jarring, spring training, because of this, the nature of it, where the I, I was watching, I think I was watching or, or at least listening, or there a Blue Jays game had just ended maybe even, and I look on my phone on Snapchat, and there's Marcus Stroman putting video of him and his friends golfing, like as the game is going on. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. You shouldn't be. But then... <laughs> And then my outrage moved to the fact from the fact that he was golfing. I'm like, he's allowed to do what he wants on his, on his free time. Except what he's not allowed to do is ride around on those stupid golf cart skateboard things that they were all they were doing. Not allowed to do that. Not cool. Not. I, I assume you didn't see this. I didn't see it, and I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. What, it's like a, what it's is like a stupid a, golf cart skateboard? It's a skateboard that you load your golf bag on, uh-huh. and it's electric or powered, so you ride around on a skateboard on the golf course with your clubs on a skateboard, like a giant oversized skateboard. Okay. I also must admit that through most of what you were saying, I was just thinking about how you, you said Marcus Snowman at first. And I thought, like, what, <laughs> how, would I, how would I make a snowman in the, in the style of Marcus Stroman? Uh, and has anybody done that yet? And, and why, if not? <laughs> uh, because clearly, Marcus Snowman has to be a thing. Uh, absolutely. That <laughs> it does. I wonder though if the uh, do, does it does a a snow a snowman would it have shame? Because um, if <laughs> if because so, now Strowman's going to the World Baseball Classic as you mentioned, and he's uh, he's hawking gear. Get your uh, HD HM uh, is that HDMH gear, but that's all like USA'd up. Yeah, he likes the, whatever that shit is you plug into your TV, the cable that you need. He likes those cables, I guess. I don't know. No, yeah, he likes HDMI cables. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that's what that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm very um, old, so I don't, I don't understand what the kids are on to. Uh... So I think what we've been doing here, well, we're, we've been doing two things. We're stalling. We're, we're, we're rambling. We're staying away from the inevitable. We have to talk about, um, you know, we're pretending, we're disassociating from the awful truth, which is that the Blue Jays, Big free agent acquisition from the offseason between 2015 and 2016. Uh, you know, all the fans were clamoring for this signing. And then the Jays front office finally stepped up and splashed the cash. And now David Price um, is going for a second opinion on his elbow. Oh, and, uh, I think the Jays season, it might be lost. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for them. It's a, it's a blow. Because they couldn't sign, you know, after they signed him, they literally couldn't sign anybody else. They they had to cobble together that rotation of, of uh, you know garbage guys from AAA, and it really just hung on by a thread. Uh, and so now to lose him, they've just invested so much of their payroll into that one player to have that blow up on them. Uh, what a disaster! You really gotta you really feel for them, you know. But this is the you know people always say flags fly forever, but they don't. They don't fly forever because sometimes. Uh, bad things happen. No, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about what, what a potential David Price injury could mean for the uh, AL East race. You wrote a, a bit about it um, today um, nicely, <laughs> succinctly. I like well, it. It was succinct because I'm like, okay, now let's see how this Red Sox house of cards can collapse. And I'm just, <laughs> just pushing at various spots, and it's like, oh, well, it's, it's pretty sturdy here, not going anywhere. So that's hence the succinctness. Uh. And with that in mind, of course, maybe what you and I can do can do is address uh, a question that I saw. Some so there was some banter. Wilner and uh, Jordan Bastian were bantering a little bit about uh, the relative strength of the rotations uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays. 
and the and Cleveland. Cleveland has a they stake a claim to the best rotation in the American League, and uh, a, a Wilner would say otherwise. He says that the Blue Jays have the best rotation. And somebody else said it too. Was it Sanchez or I don't know? I think, Stro- I think, I think Marcus Snowman said it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the the Snowman and Sparkman. That's the 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 the, the team. Uh, the Glenn Glenn Sparkman broke his mm-hmm. thumb. Yeah, great that. great news. That was awesome. Really, and I really <laughs> really happy for everybody when that happened. That was great. You were you know you don't wish for injuries, but when they happen, you just have to celebrate them. You have to really. <laughs> Honor. It was a it was a pair of uh, celebratory posts of injuries today that I did, which, you know, really makes me feel good about what I do. <laughs> As you should. Uh, and then there's some other things that some other notes and puns that I've got written down here. Uh, which so by acknowledging that I've got a pun written down on my list here, which means that if anyone who knows me knows that I will do stop at nothing to get that in somehow, because for me to have written it down means I'm so proud of it that it has to be included in this show at some point. So uh, hang on to your hats because the pun gun is locked and loaded and ready to go. Uh, Speaking of locked and loaded, we are locked and loaded and ready to go for the 2017 season here at Birds All Day. Uh, And so everyone who's been along for the ride for 103 episodes, we want to say thank you. Thank you so much for for, uh, keeping us going and for everyone who has headed over to our Patreon campaign and contributed. And, and uh, as we are indeed a listener-supported uh, podcast, so everyone who's been to support us at patreon.com slash birds all day, uh, thank you so much for doing so. And if you'd like to join them, uh, we would never discourage you from shooting us a couple bucks a month. Keep us going and uh, putting up with our, our little pleas here that we issue at the beginning of every, or I issue at the beginning of every episode. And beyond that, of course, uh, you don't have to. No one is obliged to head over to uh, to the Patreon campaign. But we do really want you to go to uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or anywhere and uh, subscribe and pick up a subscription so that as soon as we record this and then a few hours later when we eventually, uh, Stoughton gets to do the delightful job of stitching it all together, making it the seamless, magical piece of web content that it is, uh, you want to get it right away. So you can do that again at iTunes or at our soundcloud.com slash birds all day. Or, of course, you can head over to bluejaysnation.com where the podcast is often uh, posted up on a weekly basis. It's not cut and paste. It's a unique, full story you get every single time. That's content right there. It tells the story. It tells the tale. It really paints the picture of the podcast. And you can also, of course, uh, like Blue Jays Nation on Facebook. Uh, As the season um, ramps up, I think, I hope, that we will ramp up our presence on Facebook because it's like printing money over there. You just can't even stop. You know, Zuckerberg, the whole crew, they really hook, hook it up with, uh, with Facebook. And, you know, you got to fish where the fish are, quite frankly. And as much as you and I like Twitter or loathe Twitter, as we discussed before <laughs> we went on, like a bad, like a, a, like I'm a, it's just a bad, I don't know, addiction is not the right word, but you just wish you could kick it. It's a bad habit but that I'll never, ever be rid of. And if I was, I would be unhappy. So that's no good. But if you're, you could follow, you can't follow birds on day, all, all day on Twitter. You can on Facebook, but you can follow Stoughton at, at Stoughton, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, at Stoughton. Is that it? No, it's Andrew Stoughton. At oh, Andrew at Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton and, then, and then I'm on Twitter as well. Um, so let us talk. Let, let us pause for a moment, actually. Okay. Because I just realized that uh, I have the wrong microphone selected for me here. So I probably sound like garbage. So let me fix this. Okay. 
Uh... <laughs> Alright, so I think that was, now it's time. We've done all the perfunctory uh, opening, um, which went on and on and on. Um, and now we can talk about the good stuff, which is... Well, one thing we should talk about before is um, we are sponsored or supported by our listeners. And again, we are forever in their debt. Your debt, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. But we're not opposed to anyone who wants to jump on board as a sponsor. So if you are a um, a beer company, for example, we have good friends in the many beer companies or not anywhere that else. Good, apparently, no, but we we should have we have yeah. we have they're out there. We're just telling you we're receptive. If you are a brewer or if you'd make whiskey and things like that, that those things are popping up little artisanal whiskey shops. Let me tell you. But the two guys that you need to talk to, or <laughs> I, I feel our fuck uh, fuck hops campaign really undercut a lot of the potential for uh, for partnership with beer companies. We did jump directly into bed with like the big, scary, nasty <laughs> beer companies, like embracing them warmly to our yeah, bosom, did. which did not really make us any friends. Um, so that's why I'm opening up the door. I don't know if you saw this this goofy condom thing, like the condoms with the uh, with the stats in them. I did not. You, it's like there, it's a smart condom and it can give you analytics on performance, um, which I think is the perfect match, quite frankly. So if you are a person who listens to podcasts and makes smart condoms, jump on the old horn, give me a call. You couldn't see the eyebrow thing that I just there, but trust me, it was killer. <laughs> is it when, when you were contemplating how much sex podcast listeners have? No, almost as much as podcast <laughs> hosts, I assure you. There you go. That's why I think uh, I think Ben and Sam do just fine for themselves. Well, they're well, they're both very married, aren't they? Sam is certainly married. And Ben's ben. engaged, I think, at least. Or is he is he married by now? I don't know. I feel like the like the prolific nature with which Ben Lindbergh writes about video games might kind of wash away a lot of that other stuff, though. You know, the podcast sex symbol appeal thing kind of gets bogged down when. You were live streaming your No Man's Sky session for the day, which nobody plays. Nobody likes. I don't even know what you're talking about yet again. You don't know what Twitch is, do you? I'm familiar that it exists, and yeah, I know what it is, but you know, you're not going to find me sitting around staring at my phone looking at Twitch. Understandable. It can be fun watching people play FIFA. You get the bants, just pure bants. Um, speaking of banter, we should talk about the, how the Red Sox and how they're fucked. They're okay. so screwed. Despite the fact that they went out of their way to build this juggernaut and everything's glorious and they have all these young kids they can trade for amazing pitchers on criminal-ass contracts. Now they're doomed. They're big money man, David Price. We don't even know what's going on with David Price. He went for a second opinion. It doesn't mean anything. He could be fine. He could be fine. And, and I, for one, hope that he is fine. Yeah, you want to you wanna see the Blue Jays... Win the division against the Red Sox best team. You want to see them crush the fucking best that they got. Well, but also I do, if the Red Sox, you know, follow form with basically, well, two of the last, say, six years, they've been, they've won the division. Every other year, that's like they finish last and they trade everybody. So maybe they'll do that again. Just keep rolling forward. Keep moving forward and keep looking ahead. That's what I think the Red Sox should do. They should move off of 2017. It's not their year. Uh, but yeah, no. That if if the Red Sox were to lose David Price, and as has been noted by everyone, uh, a second opinion on an elbow. If you're going to see Doctor James Andrews or Doctor Neil, what's it, El Atash? Um, yeah. Not a good, not a good sign. Not a good omen 
for the start of your year. Especially when it's the second opinion. When it's like, I don't think I like this first opinion. Let's go to Dr. Death over here. <laughs> and, uh, and see if he can't tell me something that I want to hear. Yeah, it's not it's not great. And like and interrupting them at the combine. They're at the NFL combine. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure having a fucking whale of a time at that scintillating event. But uh, isn't it in Indianapolis? It sure places? is in Indianapolis. Yeah, the price is going to Indianapolis to get his uh, second opinion. I believe. I think that's what John Farrell said in a press conference uh, here on Thursday. That uh, sucks. Yeah. That's almost worse than the Tommy John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hello to all our fine listeners in uh, the great city of Indianapolis. You know, the, the one of the only major American capital or cities that is not on any uh, single body of water. <laughs> I, uh, I Maybe I've told this on here before, but one time like coming back from Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, my friends and I, we, we, we decided at the last second, we're like, oh, we, you know, you go down the same, the same stretch of highway. Uh, all the time, you're kind of just used to it. It's like, hey, let's go a different way. So we went, you know, through Indiana that ended up going, you know, in the the, the bypass around Indianapolis. Oh my God, Indiana! Never drive through that state. <laughs> what a nightmare! It's uh, it's a little flat. It's a little, a little boring-ish. Corn-ish. I don't know if I saw that much corn. To be honest with you, I think it was dark, maybe. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was just a whole lot of nothing. Fly we don't over know that if, state. That's that's my advice. Fly the fuck over it. We don't know if what is going on with David Price's elbow, but any team, no matter how good or how deep they are, losing a five or six win guy, the you know two hundred inning horse, uh, that's going to affect their chances. That's going to bring them down a little bit. And and as you said in your in your story that you wrote, that it does it definitely like brings them back to the pack a little bit, um, but. There are just so many other opportunities for the Red Sox to improve or at least uh, cover the loss of, say, David Ortiz. So mm-hmm. between David Ortiz and David Price, they have, that's you know those are two guys that were significant contributors to the team that won the division last year. But between the number one prospect in baseball and some of the other depth guys, and oh, well, yeah, they also traded for Chris Sale, like... They're yeah. probably still fine. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, I, I think it was Craig Edwards who did the Fangraphs piece that I linked to in there, where he basically uh, on the fly adjusted for the potential loss of David Price and, and sort of looked at what the depth charts war, like cumulative war for each team looked like. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Jays will, have, you know, clawed back about five wins if that's what happens. And in my mind, I'm going through that and I'm thinking, oh, right. I bet these projections are light on Jays pitchers. They always seem to be light on Jays pitchers. And I looked and it's like, no, that's that's not true. Maybe I should look at the rest. Oh, my God. Like, Ben Attendi, like, a win and a half. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> they, yeah. might, they might have a chance to uh, to outstrip some of that. You know, like, Betts was nothing like what he performed last year. Obviously, projections are never going to have, you know, an eight-win guy be an eight-win guy again. Uh, mm-hmm. But so there's, yeah, there's some ceiling still to be hit for the Red Sox above that projection. Um, where I'm sure there is for the Jays as well. I didn't really like go too deep into what it said about Donaldson. I'm sure Batista, it's a little bit light on and mm-hmm. and such. And, and obviously, just projections and, and and just we're just having fun here in the spring. they got to play the games, right? But, but I definitely went in with a mind to being like, oh yeah, let's, let's really see how we can, we can say that the Jays, you know, feel good about the Jays being... You know, right there with the Red Sox, with all, and it's like, oh mm. no, it's the House of Cards I mean, thing again. <laughs> you can, you can really get in. there if you want to. I think. I think if you want to say non-Drew Pomeranz is bad, he is. and Stephen Wright is a knuckleballer, and 
Uh, Rick Porcello was a regression candidate. I mean, again, uh, I think on BP Toronto they've been saying like, look at the Jays. This is the you know the seventy percent, seventieth percentile yes, Jays have, yeah. and the thirtieth percentile Jays, and even the Red Sox, right? I mean, even if you do a fifty or a fortieth percentile, thirtieth percentile projection of all those guys, or all that stuff goes wrong, all the pitching kind of falls apart. Then yeah, yeah, then they're in trouble. But again, that that is just such a deep team where. Uh, as you mentioned, you know what happens with Pablo Sandoval. What if he comes back and he's you know a league average player again? Or what if Ben Attendee is this? Or what if? I mean, there's just a they have a lot of depth, and that's very enviable, and it's a credit to the team that they've built. But I also think that the Blue Jays do have maybe more depth than we've seen in recent years. I think the Jays were really stars and scrubs for a long time, and it never worked. Right in like the Halliday. Vernon oh, Wells yeah. era, and then it was yeah. Halliday and you know Bautista, or then maybe Bautista and Halliday didn't really cross over that much, but like then it was you know Bautista and, and Carnacion and nobody else, right? And and and, and, uh, and Jays, hope on Ricky Romero and Brandon. Yeah, Moore. yeah. Or when Ricky Romero was like a good pitcher, and a couple other guys were decent, and or Brett Laurie, for example. Or even a, yeah, or twenty the twenty thirteen style Jays, mm. right? Like yeah, he. Well, wait. You know, the 2013 Jays were kind of what we had said with the 20, the 30th percentile version. Like, oh, well, you know, actually, Josh Johnson is broken, and oh, actually, Ricky Romero is bad too now, Johnson. and actually, R.A. Dickey regressed, and and all these other terrible things happen um, to make that a forgettable season that we'll never forget. But, but uh, I think the Jays, in terms of depth, are are in a good spot. You know, Glenn Sparkman injury. Uh, notwithstanding, but I mean the <laughs> fact that they're trying to give the you know be a genie a look, and uh, they have some starting depth and Brett Overholzer. I, I I take from your comment that he did not pitch well today. He did not pitch well today. I don't think he pitched well the first time out either. But I, I, I maybe I just remember that he did pitch already this spring, but uh, wasn't great. I mean he's not going to touch the fucking Jays rotation anyway, unless like some kind of fucking catastrophe happens. So that that's fine, but uh, but yeah, there are there are a lot more sort of warm bodies with experience that uh, that I think you can say what you said, which is that they're not really going for the stars and stri- stars stars and scrubs uh, version of the club, uh, you know, philosophy uh, this season. Steve Pierce, I think, is a great example of how they've moved away from that because he's a guy, you know, I've been banging the drum for him to be at first base. Ross Atkins is talking about him playing in left field and out the outfield a little bit. Uh, mm. Now Devin Travis is hurt. People are like, oh, well, Steve Pierce could just slot into the second base. Uh, he's got experience there as well and will look not great, but uh, not entirely out of place either. And so there's, uh, that's a really nice depth piece that can sort of move all over the diamond, which is by design, obviously. Uh, that's why mm-hmm. they kind of brought him in, even though, Come on, make him a fucking starting first baseman already. I think that 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 with additions like Pierce, it's good for the Jays, a team like the Jays who seem to not. I think analytical is, is not necessarily just numbers, but trying to figure out what they've got in a guy like Pierce and get a good look at him and say, is putting him at second base even in an emergency a good idea? Is putting him in the outfield like how does he move around? He's a guy that of course has missed a lot of time, right? Um, is, mm-hmm. is 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 that the best thing for him and his body and his production over the long year, um, which I think lends itself to, you know, uh, Devin Travis, as you mentioned, is kind of banged up a little bit and, and may not be ready for the start of the year. But they seem like there's just more players that are closer to being 
dev, you know, more Darwin Barney's, right? Where where I think you know the re, replacement level gets thrown around a lot, but guys who are maybe just above that, but but are also kind of more solid, guys with like higher floors. I think where even if a guy like Barney who might be, you know, basically replacement level, but you know you're getting that, you know you're not going to get worse. You're not going to get the see like the absolute just the bottom falls out of everything and you're left scrambling and you're getting never was or even worse players to try to fill in or you're putting guys out of position or putting guys in a position where they can get hurt. Hopefully you can avoid that. Hopefully adding depth and even like, what's his name? Jake Elmore or whatever is kind of, it's spring training. So he gets a, everyone gets a profile a day. So they're right. <laughs> today was Jake Elmore's profile and today's love is versatility. And, and maybe it comes in handy. Maybe you get get like a Joe Inglet type, like someone who comes out of nowhere and gives you something out of something from for nothing for a little while, and then he can go back away when your better players are ready. It it does it makes a lot of sense. It absolutely does, and especially you know having guys like you know to go back to Pierce, you know, have it, and Barney, I think too to an extent in the way that they use Ryan Goins, having those guys on the big league roster as opposed to sort of stuck in AAA because you see a lot of times over the course of the season where it's like oh I don't know if we want to DL this guy because. He's got an injury that it's going to need him to sit out for a few games, but maybe not necessarily for two full weeks, uh, where they maybe wouldn't go to the the minors to bring up a guy. So if you have that versatility on your actual major league roster, I think is uh, is really helpful. But uh, you're right too with you know the Elmores and and the guys who are going to be in the minors for depth as well to have guys who have that kind of floor. You know to have a Lucas Harrell who is hot garbage but you know had a nice year in 2012 i think with the astros and and Oberholzer's had some success in the big leagues and you know matt latos i don't know if he's going to end up sticking around because uh of the opt-outs i think that he has in his contract you know he's going to if he doesn't make the big league club i think he's going to be able to look for uh opportunities elsewhere but uh but there yeah there's like actual actual guys and i think uh, even this week, talking about some of the young pitchers that we've seen, I talked about Ryan Barucki a little bit because he was supposed to start a game and then didn't inexplicably, or maybe they did explain it, but I was in the middle of writing something about Ryan fucking Barucki starting the game. Uh, <laughs> but he was a he was a guy who, you know, over the course of the winter, I talked about, you know, uh, looking sort of deep into the system for guys who might profile as relievers who could come up and help the Blue Jays in the bullpen and the, on on the major league roster this year uh, because they were so lacking in depth uh in terms of left-handed relief and and right-handed relief too uh and now as we've gotten closer and closer to the season they've added in a a couple guys picked up guys here and there uh and now it feels like that it isn't going to be the case or you know actually tim Meza seems to be really impressing people who is another minor leaguer uh who's you know lefty throwing 98 that uh that i think uh, steve buffery wrote a thing about him today uh for the toronto sun and wilner and ben nicholson smith were talking about him on the uh, the the radio broadcast yesterday and I think again today and uh, Josh Housen from BP Toronto uh, tweeted you know talking about how he was sort of the most impressive guy I think that pitched on Wednesday for the Jays uh, you know so there, there's a guy who is kind of like that but the the path for those guys the path for like the this year's version of Miguel Castro or Roberto Osuna is blocked a little bit because they've actually brought brought in you know some real bodies even if they're Chad Smith and J P Howell and Joe Smith and and Gavin Floyd and and all these kind of guys and Matt Latos, but out of that pile of garbage, you're probably going to find something that's uh, that's to your liking. Baby, I'm a <laughs> The puns just uh, 
that's pun, the I pun was, gun gonna get over <laughs> over I, that's the one oh, that's the ca- one I was, yeah <laughs> i was camped out on baby i'm amazing <laughs> which is a song i only know from the simpsons episode <laughs> that has paul mccartney in it i don't know that i really know the song itself as well like that like it so i say that and i think of the song and i hear like the the split pea soup or the lentil soup recipe playing <laughs> right, in reverse. Yeah, yeah um you made an inadvertently good point while missing on a much more important point. <laughs> as as is my style, yeah. I can't help but wonder that the Jays compiling this much, you know, uh, or trying to raise the floor a little bit and have a larger pool of of viable big leaguers is not a sign of how they plan to take advantage of the new ten day disa- disabled list. The 10-day DL, where now instead of having a guy sit around doing nothing and hemming and hawing and then putting him on the DL and sitting and waiting, you can maybe shuttle guys in and out even a little bit quicker without burning options or without um, leaving it to the, okay, the whoever, the Bo Schultz or or equivalent through two innings today or two and a third, so now we're going to send him down because he's useless to us anyway. It'll be interesting to see as they start to build up this this uh, deeper pool of players if that's how they tend to use it. If they're going to shuttle, instead of shuttling one, the 24th or 25th, maybe it's even like a three or four different guys are kind of coming in and out and you're really using that uh, DL, uh, the 10-day DL, strategically um, within limits. I'm sure the Players Association would get mad about that, but... If you if they somebody goes on it too much, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the Jays uh, front office to to use that ten day DL um, to their advantage as much as they can. Yeah, the ten day DL. You're right. They did do a thing there, didn't they? It's going to be interesting how they uh, how teams react to that. And I, I suppose you're right that that could exactly be uh, the Jays trying to trying to set themselves up to take advantage of the new rules. So. So any team that thank you any for team the that, correction or would I just look like a fucking moron? Which it no, wouldn't be incorrect, but I don't want to look like that. <laughs> I mean, any team that has Devin Travis and, and Troy Tulowitzki and uh, Jose Bautista on it is going to need to move, have some guys moving in and out. But those guys are all pretty significant threats of missing time. Devin Travis, um, it's beginning to get a little unsettling, the frequency with which he's injured. Would you like um, Anthony Ghost back? I mean, it's get, it's all found money. <laughs> No, I'm not. Cr- I'm not. I'm not being <laughs> okay. critical of Devin Travis. Okay. If anything, I empathize with him. Yeah. And I, I can imagine it's a very frustrating feeling to have. Is it? It's not the same. It's not the same thing that he had before. The shoulder is the big thing with him. That was the, yeah. That was the big thing, wasn't it? His knee, I believe. It his was knee his is knee. With, is the thing now, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. So you is this hope, a test? Hope, I mean, do I read no. every little fucking tidbit about Devin Travis's knee? No, I can't. You say probably that I do. do. You probably do. I don't. I wouldn't would have passed you. But I mean, this is an example of of uh, why you need depth. Why you need to have those kind of players. Uh, one thing. Speaking of uh, gaming the system and, and disabled lists, um, you wrote a little bit about this. Why don't you you enlighten those of us who do not read every little tidbit about injuries and every minute roster uh, uh, piece of detritus uh what's up with glenn sparkman what's the deal with that if he's hurt the rule five guy oh yeah well he is hurt apparently i mean Mm -hmm. i didn't keep reading about it after i heard ben nicholson smith say it on the radio broadcast that uh he broke his thumb on his pitching hand during pitchers fielding practice and uh 
Ben said it was like it was gruesome. He was like, oh, he said the way that he phrased it made it sound like his thumb came off, but I I don't think I think it was like a bone, like split off from his thumb. It was it was a it's a particularly gruesome, uh, thumb break, uh, not just you know your run of the mill. Ooh, yeah, it's it's just kind of halfway cracked. I think I think he really did a number on it, uh, mm-hmm. which maybe makes it better for healing. I don't know, but uh, uh, the rule five is interesting actually in the way that it handles. Uh, the DL because you can't just stash a guy on the DL uh, all the way till the end of the season and then keep him uh, in order to uh, in order to be able to keep a player uh, who you've selected in the Rule Five draft he has to be uh, he has to have ninety days on your active roster and that doesn't necessarily even have to be in one year so if uh, as I wrote if, if Sparkman played eighty nine games for the Jays or was on the active roster for eighty nine days I think it goes by service time days uh, and then got hurt and shut down for the year. He would continue to be the Jays' property, but under the Rule 5 rules, meaning that they couldn't send him down without first offering him to the Royals until he went through a season where he crossed the 90-day threshold. Mm. Uh, which is which is bizarre, but I get it, because they're trying to make sure the teams don't just tell a guy, by the way, you're hurt, and we're shutting you down for the year just to sort of keep him in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it means for Sparkman now is is not a whole lot, unless... This turns into an injury that starts putting into jeopardy the, his ability to get to those 90 days on the active roster. And we don't even know if he's going to make it on the active roster because, you know, there's all these jobs to be competed for in camp. But apparently they really like him. I mean, I think that's why they took him. I think it was, you know, it, it wasn't just they're taking a flyer on a guy for the sake of it. I think they identified a player that they liked whose stuff that they liked and uh, and thought could I think basically be kind of a Biagini like role for them, which I mean, it worked out so well because Biagini is now their full on property. They can send them down if they want to. They, they, they no longer have to worry about the giants or in, in any capacity because they managed to keep them on the roster the whole year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's a smart thing for them to potentially take advantage of. Uh, and like I said, in the piece where I was cheering poor Glenn Sparkman, having his thumb blown up, uh, you know, it, it can kind of work to the Jays advantage because it seems unlikely that a guy who in early March breaks his thumb, who is a pitcher and it's on his pitching hand is going to be able to be ready to start the season. So they can send, put him on the DL, put him out on a rehab assignment for as much as 30 days uh, to start the season. And so kind of figure out the best time to bring him up to the big league roster. If that's the thing that they want to do, you know, maybe they'll find that they're, they're quite happy with their bullpen options by the end of the of spring training because they sure as hell have enough, uh, guys there who potentially could fit, but uh, but I think that seems to be their their plan is to just have as much versatility as they would say, you know, as many options as they possibly can, and sort of sort it out later. I think that the the bigger issue or the bigger thing with a guy like Sparkman is that as as Blue Jays the Blue Jays fans or all of us are now spoiled by uh, the effectiveness of Joe Biagini. Uh, which is atypical among Rule Five draftees. Everything um, about Joe Biagini is atypical. You see what God. I you see what I did there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do see that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that's just not the way it works out. Often they're trash, right? And they're guys that that they get sent back to the original team, or they never make it in the big leagues, or they got to the Rule Five um, uh, draft not by accident. Right. Uh, so so assuming that uh, comparable level of success for this Sparkman guy who could have been fine or could be fine. But I think it's, it's, it is important. Uh, you, you made the, the point that like he still has to make the team and the rule five consideration of having to keep him on the roster all year long um, 
is a is a that's not there's no uh, no sure thing that he was going to ever make the team. Um, hopefully, hopefully he gets the chance to to do so, and uh, and they, and and he does pitch well. Again, I'm trying to be more positive. In this in your uh, piece, you mentioned the whole like sabermetrics or sabermetricians are like defaulting as a as pro ownership all the time. Yeah, I think that like, was Bill Bear talking about that last week, or well, somebody wrote about it. I think. Yeah, I think there was an MLB Daily Dish piece pivoting off of. Uh, oh, Mike Bates, I think it was. Was Mike it Bates? Did like Bates those, write it? Maybe one of those guys. Yeah, it was somebody was snarking Rob Nyer. I think is oh. where it started. I believe. Oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, basically that that all, and I think you're seeing that now with uh, the kind of middle class of baseball, like the older middle class guys are the ones who are left unemployed or underemployed and because uh, there's so much emphasis on on getting cheaper players to do a comparable job or hopefully hoping to get a comparable job or investing little bits you know less money earlier and then reaping the benefits down the road i don't know i i think it is right though that we that that everything is is uh whose contract is team friendly and team friendly like chris sales contract we talk about it in glowing terms all the time Mm -hmm. as if he's not getting like just screwed or even mookie betts right mookie (laughs) betts had that he did he refused to sign his um his contract the other day right that's right he did not accept his contract which he doesn't have any choice but to accept um which uh i guess happens maybe a little bit more than we realize but uh, trout was mike trout was obviously the 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 big exception to that Mm -hmm. rule yeah um, after his first year but Mookie Betts is he he got a significant raise. Red Sox, Red Sox did pretty well by him, all things being equal. They didn't have to give him anything. They could have given him. They could have cut his pay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's almost like they're sitting on a giant pile of money and and their artificial levers in the CBA that don't allow them to really spend as much money as they make. So who cares? We're the Red mm-hmm. Sox. Well, and on top of that, a guy like Mookie Betts performed. He offered so much value to them last year. He was okay, yeah. That he'll they he'll basically they'll be spending that house money on him for years. Like they'll they'll never get they'll never be even. No, unless he yeah. signs some ten year contract for twenty or seven year contract for two hundred seventy million dollars or whatever. And then he blows his elbow in the second <laughs> year. Yeah, <sighs> that's. Somebody, so this, okay, no, go go ahead, go ahead. No, I was, was going to say I was this tangent. You so go ahead. I, I, you, you talked a little bit about it, but I, I, I never really knew too much. What's his name? Sean Mesa, Tim, Tim. Uh, I also read Steve Buffery's uh, story, much against my better judgment, frankly. But uh, hey, he's a member of the Etobicoke Sports Hall of Fame. I should take that. That's actually across the street from my house. Uh, I, should... I just, I really only read Curtis Larson, so. <laughs> <laughs> got to you got to get it while you can cuz that stuff moves fast. Uh sometimes they just take it right off the site. It's too hot. Too too hot for the sun. <laughs> Fuck. Uh but how are how is it that it, you would not be excited by a left-handed pitcher who's very large and throws 98 miles an hour? Like where do I sign? Yeah. I don't care how bad he is. How bad can he be? He's well, getting big leaguers out. <laughs> right now you mean sure close enough i believe this may surprise you but i believe the giant left-handed uh 98 throwing man uh sometimes has trouble throwing strikes 
I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I know. I know. A- Andrew Miller, who everyone is like our new god, he was good right away, right? He never took <laughs> a long time to figure out how to throw a goddamn strike. I see what you're saying here. I see what you're saying. He, Tim Meza, probably, probably going to be Andrew Miller. Maybe, maybe Randy Johnson, but let's not get too nuts. Probably Andrew Miller. Let's be, yeah, let's be realistic. That that Randy Johnson is not realistic. Yeah. Andrew Miller is. Absolutely. Here Andrew Miller is very... He's only 6'3", so he's not even that big. Oh, yeah. That's I just, tough. Buffery's story uh, mentioned that he played basketball. So I assumed, because I'm bigoted, that he threw hard. Or that he was very large. But he's not. But he's played, he played in Dunedin last year and was a little call-up in New Hampshire. Um, which the call-up in New Hampshire did not go as well at all uh but he uh you know he pitched well and he struck out lots of people in the very pitching friendly confines of the florida state league but i'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth he struck no. out 52 guys i'd say he struck out 52 guys in 48 innings sold take there it you go. all i mean 52 children basically but be that as it may and he was older than everyone else at his <laughs> level he was older than the league average um to even Bring him back down to earth. But again, big future Andrew Millers. It takes a long time for them to develop. They got to figure it all out. They got to get their body, you know, mature so they can throw strikes and they can get their release point consistent and throw so they can throw ninety eight from the left hand side. Which, again, if if he keeps doing that, I will move heaven and earth to uh, to allow that guy to be in the in the bullpen every day. Uh, one thing I did want to mention real quick also. Um, uh, Dunedin is where uh, Lourdes Goreal is going to start his season. Yes, that's right. As the everyday shortstop, which is exciting. I think that I think that it, it's not exciting. <laughs> if you if you can have Sean Rodriguez as your everyday shortstop in High A, that sure is exciting. Uh, you got to do it because it's not exciting. You're right because I thought he was much closer to the big leagues than High A Dunedin. I I, be, I believe uh, I, I think it was Keegan Matheson who used to be at Jay's Journal and now is doing the uh, I think he's like the intern at MLB.com. He's getting Gregor's coffee this year and then he's and the associate what, reporter. That's sir. right. Keegan's Give great. Him some respect. No, he's great. He's a great follow on Twitter. I hope everybody follows him. And uh, uh, but I believe. Tell me what to do. My <laughs> my feed needs to be pristine at all times. Sorry, go ahead, Keegan. Yeah, please don't take my Twitter advice. But yeah, no, I, I believe he he postulated, and I, I would suspect correctly uh, that it's you know close to the to the complex, close to the, the where the team is basically headquartered. Uh, which, an aside, I do remember uh, Mark Shapiro, I think last year, talking about how much Dunedin means and wanting to keep the, the spring training facilities there. And basically, it was like we we want it to be the home, the summer home of the you know the spring home of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, sort of slipping up, because really that's mm. where they're based. Let's be honest, the the the, the Rogers Center. That's just for show. They're, they're really a team based out of Dunedin. That's but kinda, that's true of that's every kinda, team. Yes, of course. That's well, kind of almost every team. But anyway, the Yankees. I, as soon as Steinbrenner moved them down to the Mar-a-Lago or wherever the fuck the Yankees <laughs> play in the winter, they might um, as well. But no, I think uh, the Goriel thing Keegan was saying was you know keep them close to the to the you know the complex there. Uh, where spring training is, you know, you could keep him in extended maybe a little bit or, or you know, just keep him there. Uh, also doesn't have to deal with the shitty New Hampshire weather early on, uh, especially if he's going to be playing shortstop. You know, you can get some funky bounces and maybe that's not necessarily the uh, 
the ideal environment for the kids straight out of Cuba to just send them to fucking Manchester, New Hampshire right away. Uh, so I don't know that it's necessarily a statement about where he is on the development curve as much as mm. it is that's, you know, uh, that's how they're going to handle him. And, and it's just a level below double A. And at some point, I think you'll see him there. And then, you know, if things go real well, you can see him in Buffalo and maybe even in the big leagues by the end of the year. Although that's probably getting ahead of ourselves. I don't think you want to, <laughs> you know, pencil a guy in for jumping that many levels uh, in his first year. But he's an interesting prospect, despite the fact that, you know, nobody was lining up to pay him Puig money or anything like that. Nobody's getting black money anymore anyway. That's true. Only Shoha and Otani. I wait. I wait with bated breath. It's all I want in the world for him to come. And to... I don't. I don't know if you caught the last effectively wild. What did I call him Shohai? Yeah. Shohai? Yeah. He, the last effectively wild was talking about somebody else. I think a Cuban. Hmm. Who was uh, it? The guy that Ben Badler was watching the other day. Luis Alberto or Albert or something. Luis like that? Ro- Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. him. Yeah. So yeah. was it Badler that said he's the best? <laughs> Somebody like Ben and uh, uh, Jeff Sullivan and Ben were talking about. Uh, Somebody said he's the best baseball player in the world right now. What? Like, yeah, no, this was, I don't want to recreate their podcast, but it was very similar, similar reaction because that is a dumb thing to say. It is. (laughs) Uh, Although someone, the guy, that scout, the scout that watched Mike Trout when he was in high school said that, those exact words. Said he's the best, best player in New Jersey, best player in high school, probably the best player in the world. And uh, as it turns out, he was right. Uh, that's about it. I don't. I was. I had my not, my last emergency point was Jose Bautista is going to be the Jays' number three hitter this year, mm-hmm. which I don't care about. Where's Tellez going to hit? In Buffalo, hmm. waiting to steal Justin Smokes' job. Steal. steal is it is it stealing when you when you unlock the door and like. <laughs> And the guy runs in and you just whiff at trying to catch him? (laughs) Still shouldn't be in your house, man. (laughs) Uh, I guess that that probably puts, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kendris Morales as the uh, fourth hitter, which I can deal with. At least he has the the opportunity to hit from the left-hand side sometimes. Yeah, I would. Or you get into Tulowitzki and then Martin and then whoever else is left, Melvin Upton. I would think that Kendrys will hit fourth basically no matter how the first three go. Who's Maybe. the one, I think, is the question. The yeah. question that Big Zeke. Oh keep in mind <laughs> the keep in mind the man filling out the lineup card every night may not have the same ideas about who should be leading off as we do. Though he did lead off Bautista a lot last year. Uh, I I hope that that the Cubs hit Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, exactly. The, the Batista did let off, and sh- if the Cubs are going to hit Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber might be their leadoff hitter. It's the way it should be. Come well, on, let's do get it. Get the good hitter as many times up as you can. And, I mean, the Jays will probably... I mean, they'll look different from, you know, against lefties than against righties, I suppose. Though that's probably more to the bottom of the lineup. Uh, you could have Melvin Upton lead off against left-handed pitching. I wouldn't complain. Really, Melvin Upton? Yeah, you could draw a walk. Ordinarily, it's, when he doesn't play for I the mean, Blue Jays, <laughs> it's a, it sounds counterintuitive. But if you look at his splits against left-handers last year, and even in previous years, even in years, where, I mean, in the years when he was really bad, I think he was just bad against everybody. And so maybe 
maybe if you could portion out his splits and just look at like the last two months of the season. Fair, uh, that's a totally it, fair it, thing it might, to do. It might not look so good against lefties, but in, mm. in the overall against lefties last year, he's been fine. He's been a fine hitter against them in his career. I got high hopes. I, I, I have realistic hopes that Melvin Upton is not the player that we saw in Toronto for August and September. <sighs> yeah. Did you, see him on, did you see him on the broadcast there over the weekend? No. He looked... Uh, I, I think I can only visualize one swing, but it's because it was the exact swing that I saw so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like, oh yeah, he, he just loaded up and let fly and was nowhere near the ball. Fuck. He sucks. <laughs> a little bit. Eh. He's a... Uh... Better than is it any better having Pilar at the top there? No, I don't think that it is. No. If Kevin um, Pilar wants to prove himself, the to the the a worthy leadoff hitter, be my guest. That would be wonderful. Nothing uh, against Kevin Pilar. Don't want. I, I counted him out once. I didn't think he was going to become even a viable MLB everyday kind of player, and he's done that. He has with uh, the way that he's made himself into an elite defender uh, in the outfield, but. That's that's not to knock that, but that's one thing. And becoming an elite hitter is a, a bit of another thing. It is it, a hitter's hit. Yeah. And, uh, and Pilar, to his credit, did always hit all the way up until the big leagues where hitting is much, much harder. But I also, there was a the thing on the Star this week about they were asking players not about their walk-up music, but about everybody else's walk-up music. Mm-hmm. And walk-up music was bad. And a couple of guys were, uh, Ryan Goins in particular, was really critical of Pilar's walk-up music. So then they asked Pilar about it, and he was like, who said that? Did Ryan go and say that? Immediately knew who it was and was so mad. It was amazing. I really can't <laughs> recommend that video highly enough for this that This is the one on, on the star? Lot. On the star, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. It's, uh, it, it's pretty good. And, uh, and Marcus Stroman makes fun of Justin Smoke, which is, when you, that video is, is fun, and it's harmless, and some of the players didn't take it very seriously or whatever, but... It is a very odd collection of people. Any given baseball team, it's like any, it's like it's like a, it's like any office, it's any office place, office workplace where there are the people who will be totally on the same wavelength, and there'll be people who are totally different. And uh, and I think it comes back to the thing that you mentioned today about Russell Martin, about having your leaders be your best players is always a really good thing. That that, as I think maybe Blue Jays fans can remember from like the Mark DeRosa. Omar era. fucking Vizquel, yeah. Omar Vizquel, that it doesn't always work if it's the guy is just do in the what I mentioned many times in in the in terms of soccer players when you're in the center circle and pointing and yelling stage of your career. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily resonate. The the players, other players will know who you are and know what you've done, but they don't have to give a shit if they don't see you out there doing it and living it and being it still. Where the Jays are lucky in that they still have that with Martin and Tulowitzki and Bautista, guys who work their asses off and are very well paid, and they continue to work their asses off. Donaldson's okay too. Well, Donaldson is his own thing. <laughs> yeah, he is his own creature about which we do not talk enough because it's difficult to put into words how good he is and how over how much we take him for granted already. Frankly, I don't think that's unfair to say. He's like. Having a he's in the middle of like a five year like Hall of Fame run. Hall of Fame, like not no joke Hall of Fame, like Mike Schmidt shit. Yeah, no, and he's we're like eh. unreal. 
We haven't met like this is the first time we even mentioned his name. <laughs> when it should yeah. just be like I've we've talked about Mike Trout on this show more than we've talked about Josh Donaldson. I feel very confident in that. Yeah, and that's it's almost understandable if the show was not about the Blue Jays specifically. I mean, you. I mean, the Royal We. I guess yes. Yeah, I have talked. We about Mike talked Trout. about Mike Trout. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'll wear that. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I think it's you're not gonna inaccurate. Ah, Mike Trout's amazing, but you're totally right that we don't talk enough about Donaldson. So we'll do that next week. For this week, we're done. He's back, though, too. Yeah, but yeah, we're done. He's, he's taking ground like, balls. Hitting He'll in the cage. Back. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's great. And we're all better for it. For Mr. Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode uh, 103 of Birds All Day. We'll be back next week with, I'll be honest, it's going to be more of the same. <laughs> we still have a few more weeks of this but uh world baseball classic starts soon and that's fun i get excited for that so i'm sure we'll work our, work it in team canada eric gagne they're looking good throwing 93 future blue see, jay eric gagne somebody tweeted at me or sent in a comment like i want to see him on the braves man maybe some people texted me like i want to see him like like join bartolo and, and r.a dickey like have a great wbc Get you know noticed by a big league team. Just go full old man, Atlanta Braves. Get Gagne down there. The Atlanta Boilers. It's just like a bunch of dudes <laughs> sitting around walking, talking about their prostate all the time. He would be perfect for that. I'm excited. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day. <laughs>